Welcome to the Powering Potential with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Kia ora and welcome to this special podcast mini-series from Robert Walters in New Zealand. I'm Andy McLean, a journalist and podcaster, and in this mini-series, we're taking you behind the scenes of one of the world's most trusted and admired sporting institutions, New Zealand Rugby. We're here to find out how a relatively small organisation from a relatively small nation manages to deliver some of the greatest rugby union size the world has ever seen. And we're here to talk with the insiders who make New Zealand rugby an employer of choice for top talent, not just in New Zealand, but the world over. In this episode, we're talking talent with Black Ferns coach Alan Bunting, discussing everything from leadership to diversity to bringing out the best in teams. He's got lots to say and everything he says comes from the heart. Now, joining us for that conversation is ardent rugby fan and recruitment leader Shay Peters, who is chief executive of Robert Walters in New Zealand and Australia. We cannot wait to share this episode with you. It's an absolute cracker. So let's jump in and hear the conversation. So, Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm grateful for this opportunity to be able to connect with you guys today and really nice to meet you and welcome shay thanks for coming along you're andy thanks for having us on board okay alan we'll start with you um i want to kind of go right back to earlier in your playing career when you played first class rugby yourself i just wondered if you could reflect on any leadership qualities that you think you picked up on the field that you're still using today yeah there's there's been a few there's i've been uh leadership stuff that I probably learnt that I don't want to do, and you know, as you get a bit older, you, uh, you sort of once your self awareness starts growing, you learn about that. But certainly, some stuff that I've uh, learnt from being on the field and some people that I had around me that is are really important to me that are value that I know work quite well. But always open for new for new stuff too. And probably the the first thing was uh, that I knew was really impactful was um, empowerment. Um, you know, coaches usually have all their stuff they they want to give you, and the and then they get fulfilled when it, their stuff happens. But oh, I think it's it's opposite to that. You know, if you empower your people and your players, and they really know what their strengths are, and they come to you with an idea, and you embrace that idea, it usually happens on the field. Um, and and it's it sort of goes back to me as I've grown as a leader, and, and my philosophy is go back to it as unleashing others until you're not needed, right? You know, I'm not out on the field and you've got players that are empowered and they can see things and make quick, come up with quick solutions and ideas, then it really does come to life. So that's probably the the one thing that I always stay stay true to now. And, you know, leadership is my ideas coming to life. It's how do you embrace the strengths of your people and their ideas coming to life? That's interesting. Shay, if I reflect on that, in your role as chief executive, you would have a similar thing, right? In order to get people's buy-in, you actually want them to have the courage and to feel comfortable to speak up and share their ideas, right? Yeah, one of the key values of our organisation that we really try and get our people to embrace is bravery. And so bravery in the workplace means being able to come to us with an, with an idea regardless of what role someone's in. Um, and then we can have a, have a conversation around it and bounce ideas around it and maybe that we refine it along the way 
But if you're a, if you're really embracing the value of bravery, then it creates starts to create a great culture. Yeah, and there's nowhere I don't think where, where you can hide on a rugby field, is there, Alan? So you really do need that bravery on the pitch. You need to know that you've got the confidence of the coach when you're out there. It really comes back to trust, right? You know, if you you recruit people, um, you recruit them for a reason, and at the end of the day, of you know, you're changing what they're thinking and you're bringing up things later on and especially in the week coming up to a test then that's a real big signal I don't trust or have faith in you and yeah then you start to get indecision and anxiety gets a bit higher so the bravery is a big attribute I reckon in all teams you know if you want to create something great or succeed at the highest level bravery has to exist every day so it's massive. Yeah and Alan I'm interested too you you touched on leaders that you'd encountered during your playing career. And I just wondered as you were coming up through the game, whether there were any mentors or coaches who stand out for you who were perhaps particularly influential in terms of how you manage and lead people today. Yeah, I've had some real real good leaders and, and captains and, you know, sometimes they're not even the captains or leaders. They're just people that are in the team that, that really, you know, they support you. They pick you up when you're picking up. They tell you straight to your face when you're, you need the truth sometimes and and it's yeah you usually get the truth when people care um you know they care about your potential so you know, i got you know one was it's still real vivid in my mind is joe schmidt when i was back in bay plenty i learned, learned quite a lot about him and probably the one thing that i learned about him is presence you know pres- presence is for me it's it's a moment when i when i wake up the one thing i i ask myself is how am i going to influence today and the only way that I can influence it, you know, if I can be really present um, in all of my connections and all my interaction with, with people, then usually people are going to get the best of me at that time of my life each day. And then, then the outcomes seem to seem to happen. So yeah, Joe Smith was about that, what's important now and what's important next, and that's about it. Don't worry about what happened before, what's happening in 10 minutes' time. It's all about now. And another one was Clayton McMillan. He's a he's a Chiefs coach, and he was my captain. I played my first game for Bay of Plenty. It was a while ago, and I remember walking down the tunnel. It was at um, Navigation Stadium now, the Pukekohe, and and I was packing, I was packing myself. I mean, I had all these thoughts and everything going on, and he sensed it, and he was at the front of the line walking the team out, and he stopped and let the team pass him, and and I just can remember him sort of waiting, and and then he just walked out with me. And he just gave me a bit of a pat on the back. And then that's all it took. And I've, I was like, whoa. And I, I, I had a really good game. You know, I was, you know, it had a massive impact on me. So, as the, you know, there is IQ, but EQ is a real important thing. Eh? Understanding how your players are feeling. And, and sometimes that's not said. So you have to be able to sort of sense that in your group. So those are a couple of people that taught me some really important things. Yeah, Alan, you raised some really good point there. I think presence has a huge impact on both the sporting field and in within um, careers post that. And we talk about in our organisation, and it's something that we have to reflect on and we're made to reflect on as leaders, is what is the leadership shadow that you're casting when you arrive in the workplace? And that directly relates to presence. And if your leadership shadow is one of um, high stress or... Um, showing bad behaviours, then you can only expect 
that you're the, the leadership shadow that you're casting is going to have a negative impact on your whole environment. So I would agree. I think that's a massive, a massive component. Now, Alan, we talked actually a moment ago about courage, and and it does strike me that your role is quite unique, really. There's not many people in the whole of New Zealand who have a job where everybody has an opinion on on their role, you know, um, and uh, everyone has is so invested. Like people are so invested in the black ferns and and all of the New Zealand rugby sides. Um, how do you feel that level of kind of scrutiny and expectation? How does that um, affect the way you lead? All I'm trying to do is build self-reliant people who are, you know, on that journey of learning what it takes to be the best in each day, you know, your best in each day. And and it goes back to that, that presence thing. You know, you've got a whole lot of people around, you know, consistently with their actions each day trying to get better they know how to rejuvenate really well. They know how to take care of themselves. They know how to work really hard. And if you have an environment like that and not many people are saying anything, it's really impactful, your actions. You know, your actions each day become your reputation. That's what people talk about, you what they see each day. And then when you can back that up with words and you've got integrity and credibility behind that, people listen. When I was younger, I used to do quite a bit of work on everyone else because I th- thought that was what my reputation was, how good this team goes is my identity and my reputation. But that was filling probably an empty piece in me. I needed I needed more validation externally. But now as I've sort of reflected on my purpose and why I do what I do is the most important thing for me. Uh, it goes back to seeing the potential in something and bringing that to life. When, when that happens... I become really fulfilled and that's why I am here now and that's what I go back to. Um, and I know each day if I wake up and I'm really intentional about that each day and I do the best that I can. I'm open to feedback where I can get better each day and then I can get to the end of the, the day and say, far out, I've tried my best and I've done this really well today. Jeez, I can do this a little bit better tomorrow. Then I'm... You know, I, I try and stay in the day, then I feel like I've done my best. I stay away from all the expectations, everyone else. That's all I can do. That's all I can do is try and empower the people to grow their self-awareness around how we're going to get better and we're all aligned to where we want to go in the future and we, we're clear around our values and how we want to live and our individual pur- purpose that's aligned to our team purpose and how we bring that to life. That's, that's all we can really control. We can't control anything else. Hmm. And when I look at the at the Black Ferns and as a side and as an institution, if you like, it's really a sign for me of how far rugby has come in terms of the level of diversity and inclusion, which is so evident now, uh, just by the very fact of the profile of the Black Ferns and the success of the Black Ferns on the field and and so on. I just wonder if you've got any reflections in terms of the steps that you have in place um, in your role to to continue that journey towards greater diversity, equity, and inclusion in the sport. Yeah, it's um, it's been a real interesting journey for me, and I like I, I go back to humility is massive for me, and kanohi ki kanohi karu ki karu, and that for me means face to face, eye to eye. Everybody's on the same level. I used to do it without understanding but I've always been able to sit in a group and not above it you know I, I love it when the group's above me and I don't have to do do much but it, 
everybody is on the same level. Everyone is even in how you bring everybody to that line. Because some people start, I call it the starting the starting line. Some people start way out of the stadium. You know, you got to understand where people come from. You know, the, their background and all that sort of stuff. How do you bring everybody up to the same line and accept them for who they are? But how do we teach them to to be their best? No, that's that's the thing. So, um, yeah, acceptance for people um, where the women's rugby started, where men's rugby is now. That's is that somebody's fault? We can go into that and make judgment and fight that fight. But how do we bring it all together? And 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 the and the biggest thing for me is we can ask for more and and expect more and get angry at all of that, but. It comes down to what we have now. How do we make the best out of that now? Actions and how we inspire people is kind of bring that all together, and and being, you know, content in that rather than being frustrated and angry because that it has an influence too. It's like how do we just keep embracing where we are and keep keep fighting the fight? But the only thing we can do is do the best with what we have now, and and things will, you know, will happen. Shay, if I think about the the sponsorship that you guys have got with the uh with New Zealand rugby um what are the attractions presumably must have been this amazing journey that they've been on from a diversity equity and inclusion perspective it's very important because I see the importance of um, diversity in the workplace and as soon as you don't have diversity you've got a real issue you need diversity of thought diversity of background diversity of people's context to enhance innovation if you don't have a diversity of thought there is no innovation in an organization and what you get is the same old, same old, and then your organisation doesn't progress or doesn't move forward. Yeah, and Alan, I'm interested in the in the how, how have you gone about kind of taking the good of what came before and and trying to build on that and and maintain it. When when I went into the team, Black Ferns have been really successful. They've had this real tough tough patch, but as as other nations have has tra- have transferred into professionalism, and we we're behind that. What you know, what I did was what, what are all the brilliant things that this team has done before? It hasn't all been tragedy, but what are the critical learnings that we can take from this little piece? You know, this goal it, it was actually an absolute gift. And then how do we bring it to life? It's, it wasn't about going in there, you you guys have got it all wrong. These are all the answers. Like what are the what's all the beautiful things that's made this team great before? What are the critical things we can take from that and bring it together and and then go on go on this journey and they say no player is bigger than the team. I guess that applies to the coach as well, right? So so when you do leave your role eventually, what is it that you hope to leave behind for the next generation? We, we're absolutely blessed with the talent that we have in this country. You know, rugby is in our genes. You know, my, my thing is building depth, building depth in our competitions, building depth in our people, building depth in the experience that our ladies have when they go into rugby environments, education is probably the, the big thing for me and and then at, at the high level is how do we build empowered manawahini who know what it takes to be world dominant because we've got the potential to be that and continue the, this legacy and we're, we're not driving as management we're guiding it and helping it here and there it's driving itself yeah and listening to that Shay I, I feel pretty optimistic about the the prospects for uh, for New Zealand rugby don't you uh, absolutely I think Alan touched on a on a great point there rugby's just inherent in our genes you know it's something that comes I think comes naturally 
within our environment. You know, I remember spending some time in the UK and playing rugby in the UK. And whilst there were good players in the UK, it was very manufactured and very coached. It wasn't it wasn't natural. Where it's I think it's very natural for us as as New Zealanders. I think you know it's either it's either tackle rugby on a Saturday or touch rugby down at the park. It's just something that's um it's quite beautiful to watch because it is very grassroots. And, you know, I, I live around the corner from from Park at the moment and I went down on a Sunday, we started doing some preseason cricket coaching and the in the ground was packed watching women's rugby. So, you know, the the Wellington team um, were playing there, but there are there are a whole bunch of age group um women's sides playing there as well. And it was just it was so cool to see that and I mentioned before how refreshing it was that it wasn't overly professional or manufactured. It was just, it was family orientated, it was community orientated. And that's what I think the Black Ferns have done with their ethos is that they're very relatable to everyone else because you know everyone else, you've got to strive to achieve. You've got to put in the hard work. It's about sacrifice. And that is very relatable, whether it's in a working environment or in a professional sporting environment. Yeah, Alan, I might just wrap up with one final question, but when you hear the sorts of sentiments that Shay's expressed there, how does it feel to be playing such a big role in that? Oh, that's exciting. You know, we've got support and passion and people that have, you know, got genuine interest in what we're trying to do here is, you know, it almost makes my goosebumps almost and a bit of water in my eyes because I, I have been right back when I started 12 years ago with with the sevens we've been through some tough times we right to get up at four in the morning and and help train our black fern sevens girls in a little space at the side and you know and where we've got now where we've got to now is just uh, it's a, it's inspirational for me and it sort of feeds into my purpose because i'm absolutely obsessed with about what's what's happening <laughs> with women's rugby and you know the support that's that's coming and, and behind us now so yeah i'm yeah, really grateful for the, the spot we're in at the moment and the potential that we can we can get to yeah well long may it continue alan and, and thank you so very much for joining us today on the robert walters podcast thanks for allowing me the opportunity thanks andy thanks alan it's been um it's been great listening to you and um you know all the best for the upcoming series we're, we're massive supporters um the whole country are massive supporters and so we're, we're really in behind you cheers mate thanks very much Thanks for listening to today's episode, which is part of a Robert Walters mini-series Talking Talent with New Zealand Rugby. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can subscribe to our channel and listen to all the episodes in our mini-series wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to this episode and goodbye for now. Listener.